Good morning, this is David Bennett, and this is Bitcoin And, a podcast where I try to find the edge effect between the worlds of Bitcoin, gaming, permaculture, podcasting, and education to gain a better understanding of all. Edge effect is a concept from ecology describing a greater diversity of life where the edges of two systems overlap. While species from either system can be found at the edge, it is important to note there are species in the overlap that exist in neither system, and that is what I seek to uncover. So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. It is 10.45 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time. It is the 19th day of July, 2023. This is episode 758 of Bitcoin and let's see here. What do we got going on, guys? Um, we're going to do a little bit more Noster stuff today. <clears throat> uh, it seems that Bitcoin news is a little bit on the light side and I don't know. I think we should probably, I, I should, I need to start adding a lot more Noster stuff to this podcast because that, you know, I was talking to a couple of people <clears throat> on Noster and um, it's just kind of become evident that this is, this is, uh, I don't think we fully, I actually, I'm going to take that back fully my ass. We don't comprehend at all what Noster is bringing to this table. We, we don't, we don't, you don't, I don't, even the developers, I don't think the developers can appreciate the depths of this rabbit hole. Right. I, I don't think no, I don't think any of us, not a single one of us understand what's happening here. Right. And that's kind of why I want to start including a little bit more Nostra stuff. So the way that I'm going to do that is I'm going to be scanning Nostra report on Nostra. That is one of my favorite accounts to follow is the Nostra report. Um, I'm going to be gleaning stuff from them, so they are part of what it is that I'm doing today and what I'll be doing going forward, because honestly, they give a really good breakdown on a day-by-day basis of what the hell's going on in Noster. Um, Noster Report, go find them over on Noster, give those guys a follow, tell them I sent you. Not that it's going to do anything, but hey, you know, it's nice that it, it... it's helpful when people know where other people are being sent from. Now, let's get into the amount of Bitcoin news that I do have. Gareth Jenkinson is writing this one for Cointelegraph. Bitcoin miners hedging with recent sell-offs, according to a Bitfinex report. Bitcoin mining companies are employing de-risking strategies by offloading BTC to exchanges, according to a market report from Bitfinex. The cryptocurrency trading platform's Latest newsletter addresses the Bitcoin mining sector at length, highlighting a recent surge in miners selling large volumes of BTC to exchanges. This has led to a corresponding increase in the value of shares in Bitcoin mining companies as institutional interest in BTC picks up in 2023. The report notes that Poolin has accounted for the highest amount of BTC sold to the market in recent weeks, Bitfinex analysts also note that the Bitcoin mining difficulty recently hit an all-time high, which it labels as an indicator of robustness and miner confidence. The report states, quote, Miners are clearly bullish on Bitcoin as they commit more resources to mining, hence triggering the mining difficulty, but they are hedging their position, hence the dispatch of more Bitcoin to exchanges. I think they meant dispatch, but whatever. The report goes on to suggest that miners are hedging positions on derivatives exchanges with 70,000 BTC in 30-day cumulative volume transferred in the first week of July 2023. While miners historically transfer BTC to exchanges using derivatives as a hedge for large spot positions, the report labels the high volumes as uncharacteristic. Quote, A transfer to exchanges on this scale is extremely rare and potentially showcases new miner behavior, end quote. Bitfinex also cited data from Glassnode indicating that Poolin has been responsible for a large portion of this activity with the mining pool offloading BTC to Binance. 
the analysts note that several plausible reasons could be behind the recent mining behavior. This could include hedging activities in the derivatives market, carrying out over-the-counter orders, or transferring funds through exchanges for other reasons. The increase in mining difficulty also indicates new mining power being added to the Bitcoin network. Analysts suggest that this is seen as a sign of increased network health, as well as increased confidence in the profitability of mining, either by increased BTC prices or improved hardware. Quote, Thus, miners are at a peculiar situation where they are rapidly increasing their mining potential as the Bitcoin having inches closer, whilst simultaneously hedging their exposure to an extent which is higher and more cautious than previous cycles. End quote. The report also suggests that on-chain Bitcoin movements reflect a transfer of supply from long-term hodlers to short-term hodlers. This investor behavior is said to be commonly seen in bull market conditions as new market traders look for quick profits while long-term holders capitalized on increasing prices. Cointelegraph reached out to a handful of mining companies and pools to ascertain why Bitcoin outflows from miners have increased over the past month. As recently reported, miners sent over $128 million in revenue to exchanges at the end of June 2023. So love them or hate them, the miners are here to secure the network. And what are they doing? They're selling their BTC. That's what we're, that's what we're seeing right now. They have bills to pay and they cannot pay a lot of those bills in terms of Bitcoin. These are facts. You can wish it away. You can hope, you could pray that it's not that way, but the facts on the ground remain the same, no matter what you, me, or anybody else wants to see happen. They are going to convert their BTC that they've been mining into US dollars, which means a sell pressure on exchanges for BTC, hence why we're seeing the price of BTC not only drop in the last day, but this gap that we find ourselves in, the $30,000 to $32,000 gap, which we are clearly below. We're like 29, what the hell are we at? Hold on for a second, I'll find out. Uh, Where's my thing? There's my thing. We're at 29,958 right now. So we're below the $30,000, $32,000 gap that we've been in for weeks Right? It's like, yay, oh, yay, oh. It's like a small roller coaster ripple going through. I don't expect this to actually change overnight. I, I kind of think that we're just going to slide a little bit down and we'll probably find ourselves in a 28000 to $30,000 gap for God only knows how much longer. Uh, the halvening is coming. And the question always is, is the halvening priced in? And the answer is always no, the halvening is never priced in. The other answer is yes, the halvening is always priced in. So we have another Schrodinger's situation going on where the halvening is priced in and is not priced in all at the same time. And by only opening the box and collapsing the wave function of probability, will you actually see the fucking truth? When does that happen? Generally speaking, about oh six to 12 months after the halvening itself and that's when we figure out if it was priced in or if it wasn't. Was the cat dead or not? I don't know. But the miners are selling their Bitcoin right now. Are, are you know, They're probably planning on using that cash to expand. Because, yes, they could buy miners. That's true. I get what you're saying. They could buy miners in BTC. Okay, that's clear. Power. Infrastructure. Laying cement foundations. Paying the concrete guys. How many of those aspects to increasing your mining infrastructure do you think accept BTC as payment directly? Almost none. Almost none right now. That's not Bitcoin's fault. That's not your fault. That's not my fault. That's just the facts on the ground because everybody is so fucking addicted to the drug that is fiat currency that we don't even know that there's another drug out there when you're talking about the mass population of the world at this moment. You're going to have to wait. And then you're going to have to wait some more. All right. While you're waiting, however, do me a favor and go visit Shishi. Shishi 21M. That is at Shishi. S-H-I-S-H-I. If you want comfrey, you got to get your comfrey from this guy. Why? Because half his stock, I gave to him. So when you're buying the Bocking 4 variety of comfrey from Shishi to plant in your garden and you want you want this plant, then you're buying what 
I cultivated. Okay. I cultivated the Bocking Four for Shishi stock for well over seven years. I've, I'm very, I'm very familiar with this plant, how it grows, what it does. If you need to know exactly what it does, let me go over here to my handy dandy search function on Obsidian. And if you don't and are not using Obsidian, just go, go to obsidian.md. You may find yourself as somebody who goes, oh shit, I, I, I get it. And it's free. And it has a huge community developer around it. But that's how I'm going to search to see where did Comfrey, where did I do Comfrey? Uh, It looks like I did it episode 726. That is episode 726. If you want to find out what this plant does and why you want it and be aware, once you buy it, you'll never have to buy it again. You can propagate the shit out of this yourself. It's easy. And I get into that in episode 726, it's all about comfrey from the start of the show to the end of the show. There's no news. There's no Bitcoin news. It's just why you want this plant, what this plant is capable of doing for you and your family and your friends, and the fact that it's actually a beautiful plant. So if you want it, okay, you're going to buy a full root for $20, and you can chop that root root up into God only whatever you're comfortable with to make more plants. Okay. You don't have to use one root to grow one plant. You can chop the root that you get from uh shishi up into like, let's say five, depending on the size of the root, maybe 10. You're looking at, take the, your thumb knuckle to the end of your thumb. And that's a viable piece of comfrey that will grow into a new plant, but you got to baby it every time. The, the smaller, the piece of root that you cut off, the more you actually have to baby it while it's in the ground, which means that it just needs water. Really, it just needs water. You just need to make sure that it doesn't dry out until it starts sprouting its first leaves. And at that point, it's almost indestructible. And they never die. And they don't freeze to the ground. Like you could be up in USDA zone four, right? Like Minnesota, let's say. And the hardest of freezes comes comes down. That plant will just come back in the spring. Over and over and over and it will provide you with all the benefits that I list in episode 726 of the Bitcoin and podcast. Tell Shishi that you found him on the Circle P because the Circle P is open for business from the Bitcoin and podcast, and he will give me a cut of those proceeds to help fund what it is that I do here. Are you interested in RFK Jr.? Are you getting sick of hearing his name? Do you not like him because he's got some pretty jacked up stances on a whole bunch of other stuff, but for some reason or another, you're willing to vote for him just simply because you're a single issue voter. Well, I got the story for you out of Coindesk. Camille Shumba is writing it for Coindesk. RFK Jr. vows to back the dollar with Bitcoin and exempt BTC from taxes. Oh, oh, that'll get him elected. U.S. Democratic presidential candidate Robert F. Kennedy Jr. unveiled a plan to exempt BTC from capital gains tax when it is converted into U.S. dollars and to begin to back the greenback with real finite assets such as gold, silver, platinum, and Bitcoin. Quote, backing dollars in U.S. debt obligations with hard assets could help restore strength back to the dollar, rein in inflation, and usher in a new era of American financial stability, peace, and prosperity, said Kennedy. He would start the process, he said, very, very small, perhaps 1% of issued treasury bills would be backed by hard currencies like gold, silver, platinum, or Bitcoin. Speaking at a Heal the Divide PAC event, or a PAC, Tuesday evening, he also echoed commitments he made at a conference in May defending the right to self-custody Bitcoin, run blockchain nodes at home, and promising industry-neutral energy regulation. Quote, the benefits include facilitating innovation and spurring investment, ensuring citizen privacy, incentivizing ventures to grow their business and tech jobs in the United States rather than in Singapore, Switzerland, Germany, and Portugal, said Kennedy. The Internal Revenue Service treats Bitcoin as property and investment rather than currency, which means it is subject to tax on capital gains. 
The Securities and, uh, Securities and Exchange Commission has also been cracking down on the industry, as we well know. Crypto companies have been calling for more regulatory clarity for months and are looking to see if a ruling against the SEC in its lawsuit with Ripple will lead to a change in approach. Quote, it is a mistake for the U.S. government to hobble the industry and drive innovation elsewhere, Kennedy wrote in a Twitter post in May. Biden's proposed 30% tax on cryptocurrency mining is a bad idea, he wrote, referring to incumbent President Joe Biden, also a Democrat. All right, so do you believe the guy? That's that's the issue at hand. Do you believe Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is actually going to do this? And if he, if he was meaning, let's say he gets elected. All right. And all of a sudden, his first day, he says, this is going to happen. What power structure do you think this one guy is going to be up against? I mean, they blew his old man away. That's very clear. Do I have proof? No. But I don't think it like there's a a theory that it was the mafia. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. The ma- Unless the mafia had infiltrated to a very heavy degree the indust- military industrial complex, the, then the mafia didn't have fuck all to do with JFK getting blown away. All right. So this was because they wanted to continue to drop bombs. They did not want uh, JFK <clears throat> when he was president mentioned that he wanted to, he started printing uh silver, silver dollars, but basically it's paper, but it was a silver certificate. And uh, weeks later, weeks later, he was blown away. He said he wanted to end the Vietnam War. Weeks later, he was blown away. He said that he wanted to dismantle the CIA. And he did all three of those things, you know, very close to each other. He gave like two two speeches and then made a policy decision about Vietnam. And all of a sudden, you know, November 23rd or whatever comes around and bomb. He's gone, dude. I don't think Robert F. Kennedy quite understands. He either doesn't understand what he's up against when he says what he's just said, or he understands fully what he's up against and he's just trying to get votes. Either way, I don't know, man. It's not a good look. It's not a good look. Will I vote for him? I don't even want to vote. I don't I don't want to vote for any of these fucking idiots. But if I if gun to head, I'd vote for RFK Jr. just because it's a it, it's the easiest way for me to go because I can say, you know what, gun to head. I don't really want to waste my time hanging out with a guy that's got a gun to my head any longer than I have to. Fuck it. I'm pulling the lever for RFK Jr. because he says he likes Bitcoin. Is this a credible way to make a decision about going and voting if that's what you're into? Not at all. And I understand that. But he's trying to tap into what is clearly probably a larger component of the population than even Bitcoin maximalists believe that there is. You wouldn't waste your time unless demographic study after demographic study suggested that you got to put time into this group of people because if you don't and you don't get their vote, you don't hold a candle to be able to do whatever it is that you want to do later. So therefore, that leads me to believe that there's a lot more Bitcoiners than we think that there are because outside groups are starting to tell or or starting to study what's going on and they're finding out actual data that is actionable data. They don't do that for free. It's not a charity. The campaign for RFK and all the rest of these people, Ron DeSantis, they're all looking at the same data, right? They're getting paid by those campaigns to look at that data They're not being paid to lie to the candidate's campaign. This tells me that there is a lot more people than we suspect that are going to be swayed by something having to do with Bitcoin. I'm just take that with a grain of salt, I suppose, but uh, I I am taking my own advice and I'm, I'm watching this guy very, very carefully to see what he does next. Now, a BlackRock ETF would supercharge the Bitcoin mining industry. You thought I was going to say price, but I didn't. I said mining industry. So we're back into mining with Phil Harvey and Bitcoin Magazine. This is an opinion piece. Launching 
the first unequivocally positive news cycle for the Bitcoin space since the collapse of FTX. BlackRock recently decided to file for a spot Bitcoin exchange traded fund. Within a few days, two additional behemoth money managers joined BlackRock as Invesco reactivated its application for a spot Bitcoin ETF, and ETF specialist Wisdom Tree submitted its third application for a BTC ETF to the U.S. SEC. As of the writing, this writing, nobody can say if the proposed vehicles will be approved by the SEC, which has recently made made headlines for its heavy-handed pursuit of crypto's most notorious exchanges in Coinbase and Binance. We will know soon enough. What is more pertinent at this point is a review of the underlying trend. Institutional money is slowly working its way into the Bitcoin economy. In the realm of Bitcoin trading, high-profile investors' commitments to date have been shaky and driven by the boom-and-bust cycle typical for nascent industries and certainly a defining trait of the Bitcoin economy so far. Yeah, no shit. Tell me something I don't know. BlackRock's potential spot Bitcoin ETF could be a real bridge to mass adoption. Some voices have declared it offers the best chance of approval yet, not just because of the applicant's prestige, but also thanks to a proposed surveillance sharing agreement that seems to be key in the SEC's eyes. But regardless of the fate of this proposal in particular, an examination of Bitcoin infrastructure being built today provides an unambiguously bullish picture of institutional money's bet on the industry. For instance, one of the world's most active and successful venture capital funds, Andreessen Horowitz, a.k.a. A16Z, has doubled down and announced its first-ever international office to be opened in London to largely focus on the development of the crypto economy. However, institutional investors' hunt for growth opportunities is nowhere as pronounced as it is in Bitcoin's fundamental infrastructure, mining. Champions of the mining industry are signing deals and building at a breakneck pace while their competition gets fiercer and the network hash rate continues to hit all-time highs. Being less shiny and exciting than the asset trading counterpart it underpins, reporting about investment in the Bitcoin mining space can be muted. However, it is my experience that big-name investors, large utilities, and even government entities in the United States and worldwide are cleverly assessing opportunities and employing considerable financial resources to shape the market. And this is for good reason. The data centers that host Bitcoin miners are equipped to do a range of high-performance computing in the future, and the value proposition of this in the advent of AI is clear as day. BlackRock's move is not just a bet on Bitcoin, but on the world's most secure and energy-efficient computing network as a way to produce consensus and certify truth in the 21st century, irrespective of the asset manager's intentions. As such, refraining from any prognosis as to the application's outcome, it's fair to ask what a hypothetical Bitcoin ETF would mean for the mining industry. Firstly, it would mean that every industry, nope, first all, it would mean that every institutional money manager with such an ETF would be a custodian of sorts. They would have to build their own custodial infrastructure an interesting test of the industry's existing standards, and adoption in its own right, which will be accompanied by growth. Second, mass adoption due to enhanced accessibility would be a strong indicator for a hype cycle with prices running wild. While these bull runs caused by hype and FOMO are smoke and mirrors in large part, they will channel funds to the industry and benefit serious players who have worked during the hard times to reap the rewards. Finally, and most importantly, institutional investors would have a vested interest in sustaining, funding, and upgrading the existing blockchain infrastructure, which verifies Bitcoin transactions and guarantees the network security. While this is already happening, including by household utilities and energy providers who benefit from miners' load-shedding capabilities, a spot BTC ETF would, with high probability, supercharge sector investment and validate the industry's efforts so far. All right. Okay. So take take what was just read to you and combine it with the fact that miners are selling Bitcoin at a breakneck pace. And it seems to me that 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 kind of signals to me that what, why are they selling BTC? Okay, that's that's the real question. 
are they buying Lambos? Are they buying private jets? Are they trying to up staff? Are, are, are they, you know, taking the cash and investing in a real estate? I don't think so. I think they're going to invest in more mining infrastructure. I think they're using the, the, the lull before the having storm as cover to be able to say, well, you know, hey, we're, you know, everybody hates us because we're depressing the price and everybody wants to see Bitcoin price rise. Uh, but, you know, what we want is to still survive years and years and years in the future. Therefore, what we're going to do is build more Bitcoin mining infrastructure. That's what you're going to see. That's what, that's why the miners are selling BTC. Do I know that for a fact? Have I talked to them personally? No. It's my gut instinct to say that they are not buying Lambos. They're not buying Gulfstream 5s. They're not buying fancy suits. They're looking for pieces of property to buy, to throw down concrete slabs so they can build buildings on, so they can shove them full of what? More Bitcoin miners. Why? Because everybody knows where this shit's going. But patience is key. And for those of you who are saying, but David, I've already been patient. You're going to have to be patient more. How long do you have to be patient? Until you have the internal signal that you've got enough, you feel comfortable. That's the only thing that I can tell you. I wish I could tell you more, but we have other fish to fry like this one. U.S. lawmakers propose that the SEC chair consider legislation, not enforcement approaches to crypto. Cointelegraph Turner Wright is writing that two members of the United States House of Representatives have added their names to a list of lawmakers criticizing Gary Gensler's approach to digital asset regulation. In a letter to Gensler dated July 19th, Representatives French Hill and Dusty Johnston No, Johnson suggested legislation was a more effective approach to addressing regulatory issues in the digital asset space rather than the SEC's position to regulate by enforcement. The two lawmakers are the respective chairs of subcommittees on digital assets, financial technology and inclusion and in commodity markets, digital assets and rural development with the House Financial Services Committee and House Agriculture Committee. Quote, legislation would do far more to prevent future collapses of digital asset firms than enforcement actions. A statutory framework would establish a process for firms to come into the regulatory parameters and comply with consumer protections rather than relying on enforcement actions to punish bad actors after the damage has already been done, said the letter. Reps Hill and Johnson hinted, at certain actions by the SEC seemingly timed to coincide with related congressional activity, which appears calculated for maximum publicity and political impact. Other members of Congress have questioned Gensler on the timing of the SEC's charges against former FTX CEO Sam Bankman-Fried, given that he had been scheduled to testify before the House Financial Services Committee in December of 2022. The two lawmakers also referenced a recent summary judgment affecting crypto regulation, likely referring to an SEC v. Ripple ruling suggesting XRP was not necessarily a security. In the wake of the court decision, other House representatives have called on Gensler to reconsider the commission's current approach to regulating crypto. The SEC chair said he was disappointed in the ruling. Yeah, I've read that to you yesterday. Lawmakers in the House Financial Services Committee are considering a draft market structure bill aimed at clarifying the roles the SEC and CFTC would play in regulating crypto. The bill has yet to be officially introduced and may be amended based on feedback from lawmakers and industry leaders. All right. Okay. Everybody's mad at Gensler. Every single person's pissed off at Gensler. Here's the rub. In the, in the case of Ripple, Gensler's actually right. And that's not coming out right. Um, what, what do these people propose? I guess that's the question that I, that I want to ask. What are, these, what are these people actually proposing? That we just ditch the Howie test and any idiot with, you know, living in a cardboard box under a fucking bridge in a bikini can say, hey, I got a coin, buy my coin and never, ever, ever, have to actually do anything other than just get smoking hot rich because a bunch of idiots bought their coin that I'm, I'm sorry, but that's, that's just fraud. 
I mean, sure, I guess you can say that, well, what if they actually wanted to do something? What if it, they were striving for real utility? I don't give a shit. Well, I've got Bitcoin. I don't need them, right? But let's take it out of, let's take the whole thing out of uh, cryptocurrency altogether and just say, I've, I've got a company that builds this thing and I want you to invest in it. And through the actions of myself and my crew, I'm going to make you rich. That's a fucking security. That, that completely passes the Howey test. So what's the suggestion here? What is Congress trying to suggest? It signals to me that they're, that they're almost desperate for any, anything that they can get, any new inflows of cash to get cash moving around the world again. Credit's tight, right? No, so there's not a whole lot of loans being listed. Nobody's able to refinance their house because a bank is, you know, at this point, they don't, they're just not going to do that shit. I mean, you, not unless you're, well, if you're, you know, multimillionaire, yeah, probably. But if you're a regular Joe, like, you know, 99% of the people on the planet, you're not getting refinancing. There's a lot of people that can't even get, you know, home loans, even though that they've got a substantial down payment because credit's that tight. Liquidity is just drying up left and right. It looks to me like Congress is begging for anything to occur to get liquidity in any way, shape, form, fashion flowing again. And this is not the way to do it. Does that mean that I agree with Gensler and the way that he's going about his shit? Not really. But I also don't think that we should be, you know, looking at the Howey test and saying that it's pure evil. It's not. The whole point was when back when regulators and there was at least more than a handful of people that were in power that actually did give a shit about other people's wealth and, and trying to get them where they were not screwed over. And right now I don't, I don't think that's the case. I think Congress is doing themselves and the American people a great disservice by taking this particular criticism on Gensler day after day, the calling for his filing. And I'm, Again, I'm not a friend of Gensler. I just, there's something about this that feels off. There's something about this that feels misplaced. This anger towards Gensler. Because what is he going after? He's going after the, the, a field of shit that has demonstrated time and time again that it is more than willing and way more than capable of stealing people's money and turning it into nothing. Except the enrichment of themselves. And I don't think that that's fair. I don't think that's commerce. I don't think that actually is production. So there you go. Now, what do we got? What do we got here? Oh yeah. Block. Uh, it, uh, oh God. Jack Dorsey's company. Jack Dorsey of Twitter fame. Block is suing Visa and MasterCard over interchange fees. Uh, this came up yesterday. This is finextra.com. I don't know who's writing it. There's not an author line yet. Uh, As reported by Bloomberg, Block is claiming that Visa and MasterCard conspired to fix inflated interchange fees and maintain market power according to a suit filed on July the 14th in the U.S. District Court for the Eastern District of New York. Square, which charges users fees for payments passed over its platform, directly pays the interchange charges levied by the card schemes. Quote, the effect of these artificially inflated fees assessed to and paid by Square is higher retail prices paid by consumers economy-wide, Block said in the suit. As retail prices increased in response to inflated fees, consumers can afford less and thus purchase less, reducing output. Block has also complained about separate charges applied by Visa and MasterCard that are determined by merchant locations and size, arguing that the fee is highly complex, difficult to calculate, and unavoidable. So Jack Dorsey suing Visa and MasterCard for their fee rates and the fact that they're confusing and the fact that they're high and the fact that it's a racket. Most of this shit's now organized crime, by the way. Uh, oh, and to finish this off before we do some numbers here, Simple Bitcoin Wallet is going to drop the Lightning Network in its next release. I think this is stupid, but this is No Bullshit Bitcoin, a.k.a. NoBSBitcoin.com. Quote, Simple Bitcoin Wallet will continue, 
but as a chain-only wallet. Lightning Network will be completely removed in the next major release, 2.5. A warning has been issued to current release 2.4.28. Quote, the reasons are as follows in order of importance. Number one, I no longer have time or resources to keep continuously evolving Lightning Network protocol up to date in Simple Bitcoin Wallet. Okay, that's fine. That one I get. I understand that one completely. It's the second one that makes me believe that this guy might be a lunatic. Two, I fail to see Lightning Network taking off in any meaningful capacity over the years and consider it a technically troubled market mismatch. Previous plan was to just abandon it all, but after all, after all, chain part, but hold on. This is a very weird sentence, so bear with me. Quote, previous plan was just to abandon it all, but after all, chain part takes little time to maintain and deserves to exist. Sounds It sounds to me like he's just getting out of the game altogether. He wants to just do 2.5 and just let it roll until something is so weird in Bitcoin core, like on an update, that he has to change it. But uh, he's saying that Lightning Network is a failed experiment. Do you agree? I don't. I'm not sure where this guy's getting it from. And I think my gut reaction here is this. He's using a bullshit FUD or piece of FUD as an excuse to go do something else because he's bored with simple Bitcoin wallet. You know what? You think about it what you will. Meantime, let's run the numbers. West Texas Intermediate Oil going uh, eh, going in the red today. It was in the green when I first put this up. Something has changed. We are three quarters of a percentage point to the downside to $75.21 a barrel. Brent North Sea down a half, $79.25. Natural gas down a quarter, $2.62 per thousand. And gasoline is up 1% to $2.71 a gallon. Gold is down scant. 1980 and 70 cents. Silver is up almost a half. Platinum is down 1.16. Copper is down a half. And palladium is down 0.76%. Most of your ag is in the green today. Biggest winner today is corn, 3.32% to the upside. Biggest loser today is lumber, 3.11% to the downside. I got live cattle up 0.07. Lean hogs up 0.61%. And feeder cattle is down just over a half. The Dow is up a quarter of a point. S&P up scant. NASDAQ future is down a quarter of a point. And the S&P mini is up scant. Real money struggling. Oh, but it broke back over $30,000. Check that shit out. $30,033.52 after almost half a million Bitcoin exchanged hands over the last 24 hours. Average transaction value of 0.8 BTC and the median transaction value of 16 cents. Block times are low. 9 minutes, 48 seconds. I got uh, 0.12 BTC taken in fees on a per block basis and 18 and a quarter BTC taken in fees overall in the last 24 hour period. Uh, Bitinfocharts.com seeing a ooh, a 5% rise in hash rate. It says we're at 423.67 exahashes per second. Dogecoin is at seven United States pennies. So the altcoin field is rising. What did I tell you yesterday? Okay, this this is just this is just the start. It's tiny though, because Dogecoin yesterday was like six point eight, six point nine United States pennies. Now it's at seven. All right, that's you know that's not that big of a move, but it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. You're going to have to deal. You're going to have to deal with it. Warn your friends and family now. Do not wait until they come to you. Reach out to them and tell them the dangers that are inherent in the system and that they're just now on the horizon. You can see them if you point your binoculars to them. Now, let's go over to Clark Moody. I got $583.5 billion of market cap. That's 4.5% of gold's market cap. You can get 15.5 ounces of shiny metal rocks with your one Bitcoin, of which there are 19,433,699 of 
4,910 and a half of those are in the Lightning Network valued at $147.4 million, being run over 16,353 nodes that we know about, 69,298 payment channels that we can see, and 70.9% of all of it's being run over Tor. Mempool is looking to be about 140 blocks deep, carrying 257,000 unconfirmed transactions. High priority transactions are going for nine Satoshis per V-byte, low priority for seven, and anything under 3.3 Satoshis per V-byte are being purged out of standard mempools across the world. I have hit number 12 on the fountain charts. Thank you for keeping me in the top 25. It'd be nice to get in the top 10. I'm just glad that I'm I'm like in literally in the top 25 over on Fountain. Uh, let's start today with one of those people that got me back up into the charts. And that would be Nick underscore dose with three, four, five, six sats says cheers. Cheers, brother. Dubrovko with a thousand says child actor displays ignorance on national TV. Is anyone surprised? He's referring to Ben McKenzie in my show and statements yesterday. Fat Toshi with 101 says still first. Bitgus with 100 says boost. And Pies with 100 says thank you, sir. No, thank you, sir. And that's going to do it for the weather report. Welcome to part two of the news that you can use. Remember I was just talking about the uh, altcoin thing? Yeah, here it comes. Genesis Trading saw an uptick in altcoin activity after Ripple SEC decision. Ryan Gladwin from Decrypt is going to tell us, God, what we're in for. Institutional trading platform Genesis Trading claims to have seen increased activity in altcoins following the latest developments in the Ripple SEC case less than a week ago. Federal District Judge Annalisa Torres ruled that programmatic sales of XRP do not qualify as securities, but institutional sales do, Schrodinger shitcoin. Quote, we've seen a little bit of an uptick in activity for alts after the XRP decision, Joshua Barcott Hoarder, head of sales at Genesis Trading, told to Crypt, quote, we're also seeing a lot of clients showing interest in alts where they may not have shown it otherwise before. Quote, what did I tell you? What did I tell you? Altcoin refers to any shitcoin. I won't even get into that. Quote, in the months prior to this, when Bitcoin was trading around 25000 to 27000 clients were opening up strike prices at around thirty to 33000 Barcorder said, adding that, quote, we've seen institutional clients position themselves for potential upside. Following the judge's ruling on XRP, quote, we started to realize some of that upside. And if anything, clients are kind of jumping on the bandwagon. And getting more bullish now. A strike, uh, we won't talk about strike price. The XRP ruling was only the latest in a series of bullish events for crypto, he said. He pointed to BlackRock's progression in launching a spot Bitcoin ETF and that the Fed pausing on the, late, on the last interest rate hike as two events that also caused a tailwind for digital assets. Quote, I think we're going to probably see more bullish sentiment in the foreseeable future. No, you think? Because I was talking about this shit Friday, last week, and Monday, and yesterday, and now again today with the general warning that you're going to see an alt season that I think is going to be bigger than the 2017, 2016, 17, and 18 alt season. If you choose to abandon all reason all morality and all ethics, then sure, go ahead, pile the fuck in. It's amazing to me how easily led the mass of humanity is. And this may be why people like JP Morgan were able to do and amass the amounts of, of uh, wealth that they did. Maybe it was because that there, they weren't, necessarily evil themselves. Maybe what it was is that they were so tired of seeing so many people acting in such an easily manipulable way that they were like, fuck it. Fuck it. Let's take their money. They they obviously don't give a shit about it. They obviously don't care about themselves. They obviously don't care about any kind of ethical base or moral base. They're just, it's just it's it's almost as if I can see what J.P. Morgan and the rest of these creeps saw. 
And when they looked at humanity, they didn't see good. What they saw was stupid. And they decided to capitalize on it. And they said, well, since it's so easy to get these guys to do anything that we want, we'll just take control of the media. We'll take control of portions of government and the legislative, executive, and judicial branches. And we'll we'll just take their money. And they amassed fortunes off of the backs of people who don't know any better and seemingly are unwilling to do any kind of work whatsoever in ethics and morality. I, I don't know. It's sad to see it, but, but, and you know, you know, what's going to happen. A few people are going to get way rich, but most people are going to lose their ass again. I would rather it not be you. I would rather you not come to me five years and say, you know, you're right. Maybe I shouldn't have done that, but you know, God, XRP was just, it was going to the moon, bro. Yeah. Shit that goes up has a tendency to come down and how much baggage you carry with you in so far as bad ethics are weighty, bad morals are weighty. Non-utility functionality is weighty. It will drag you down. The only thing that makes any sense at this point is Bitcoin, but we're going to go into another alt season. Thanks to Annalisa Torres. It's all on her, by the way, if you want to blame somebody for this next this next round of alt season and all these people that are cashing it, trying to re, you know get it, if they can get refinancing on their houses, which is less likely now than it was in the first alt season because <clears throat> money was just flowing like <laughs> like wine. Um, yeah, it's all her. This is all on her. Everything about what you see in the next three years is all on Annalisa Torres. And I hope she sleeps well. I hope she does. I wouldn't be able to do it. XRP is a security. Cardano is a security. Ethereum is a is the mother asshole security from which all shit coinery securities are birthed from. And yet the majority of the people refuse to see it because they're so fucking desperate. And these people are going to leech off them until these are nothing more than sacks, skin-covered sacks of bones rotting in the forest. I hate to be so damn harsh about it, but I've seen this all before. I read the, the, the Reddit post of the guy that mortgaged his house and didn't tell his wife so that he could go all in doge. That's not a lie. It's not hyperbole. I've seen this before. Anybody that's been in this space for, you know, as long as I have, 2015's pretty long to be in the space, but there's people that were in here in 2011, 2000, you know, 2009. They've seen it more times than I've seen it. It's the same story. And you get, so get ready for Reddit posts with the National Suicide Hotline number about a year to a year and a half from now all over the place because people lost their ass because they don't listen. I wish I could help them, but I just, I'm not going to be able to, uh, let's get into some Noster stuff. I want to read this one from McShane. Okay. So M C S H A N E McShane wrote this last night and I thought I'd bring it to you today. And this, of course, he wrote it on Noster. Uh, and by the way, I will have links to these particular posts that I'm reading uh, in the show notes. So you, you can go see it for yourself and give them a boost and a like, by the way. Not giving Twitter any of my attention or screen time over the last month feels like a superpower. I find myself reading books again, less stressed about the state of the world, generally unconcerned and optimistic. My news has just become the weather. I feel unpressured to turn out rote virtue signaling engagement tweets, far less scream time, standing up all day. I take many breaks to just walk around and be idle. I'm losing weight, devoting more time in real life to my family, to cooking, to stretching, to yoga, coming to jujitsu early and staying late, forgetting about my phone, spending hours per day outside as opposed to just minutes. May appear ironic that I'm posting this here, but here and there exist on different planes. Here, we have a constructive culture of forward-oriented optimist. 
We are early. We have a singleness of purpose. We're aligned on freedom of communication and monetary freedom. And each day, the circumference of our virtual world increases just a bit. And the gravity of our solution pulls in new users. Over time, our funnel will widen and the culture here will change drastically. But as long as Noster is a net positive on the world in my day-to-day life, I'm in. All I can say about that is you need to listen to McShane. It's this, every single word of what he just said. I'm starting to see this as an explosion, not as an explosion, but I'm seeing more and more telltale signs of people who are just, they're just done with the the generalized landscape of social media and they're coming to Noster because it's it's a positive place. If you're not on Noster, I, I cannot recommend Noster enough. It's just like, do you have Bitcoin? Do you have Noster pri- pri- uh, private and public key pair for Noster? And are you posting there and reading, getting to know people there? Because if you're not, you're missing out. Just like you're missing out if you don't, if you're on zero on Bitcoin, dude, you're missing out. If you're not on Noster, if you're still wasting your time on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, WeChat, Reddit, whatever it is, you're 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 missing out. You're missing people like McShane. I highly recommend that you not miss people like McShane. In other Noster news, Truth Social. Their head of engineering resigns to build Ditto, D-I-T-O, and bring the best parts of Mastodon to Noster. <laughs> yeah, this is no bullshit. Bitcoin, a.k.a. NoBSBitcoin.com. Quote, Alex Gleason, founder of Soapbox Technology, announced his resignation on Monday as head of engineering at Truth Social. the Twitter alternative uh, platform owned by President Donald Trump to expand Soapbox to the Jack Dorsey-backed protocol Noster. Quote, Soapbox is an open source web front end for decentralized social media. Founded in 2019 by Alex Gleason, Soapbox is used today by over 2 million users worldwide. Soapbox started out as a fork of Mastodon in 2019 with additional features and an improved UI. For the past four years, it has been a source of innovation on the Fediverse, implementing features such as emoji reactions, quote posts, and events Gleason wrote in a blog post. However, there are problems with the ActivityPub protocol championed by Mastodon. The main issue is that user accounts are tied to a single server. Quote, when a Mastodon server is taken offline, all of its users permanently lose their accounts, leaving a hole in the network. For large servers, this can have devastating lasting effects on the growth of the network. In addition, users on Mastodon can get banned for unfair, arbitrary reasons. Too many bad experiences add up and leave a sour taste for users. Noster is a reimagined protocol that fixes things with cryptography. Just over a week ago, Soapbox received a grant to build the Ditto project from OpenSats. Quote, our new project, Ditto, is a competitor to Mastodon. It is an open-source, self-hosted social media server for online communities. While it borrows many ideas from Mastodon, including its API, it is built on the Noster protocol. Centralized social media is not sustainable, but Noster empowers people to take full control of their lives online. The funding Soapbox received for Ditto will allow us to connect some of the most powerful decentralized networks empowering users who currently face an overwhelming number of choices in the Twitter alternative sphere. Ditto brings the best parts of Mastodon to Noster, including dozens of native apps and several new features not normally available on Noster. Ditto is open source. It's licensed under the GNU AGPL. It is being developed in the open and has a proof of concept demo. I'm excited with Soapbox's Ditto project as it has the potential to bring all sorts of people in diverse communities over to Noster, Fiat Joff was quoted as saying. In February, Soapbox announced the launch of Moster, a bridge between the activity pub and Noster protocols. The bridge marked the first widespread integration of major decentralized social media protocols, AP wrote. Gonna go have to look at, at Moster because I'm I have I'm kinda done with Mastodon. I haven't really been posting on it at all other than, you know, uh when I release a show I'll I'll send it over there. But honestly, I'm it just doesn't 
it never really made sense. There was a lot of things that I was excited about, but I didn't understand these, you know, you're trading one giant walled garden for a whole bunch of individual, as decentralized as it is, they're still walled gardens. Each server is its own little walled garden. And they don't really talk well with each other. So I'm really excited about this Ditto project. It's good that the team over at OpenSats uh, has given money to the guy so that he can develop this thing. Uh, Alex Gleason got a lot of shit because he was working on Truth Social. But now that he's resigned, uh, he can I guess he can put all that behind him and just focus on this. But see, what I'm saying is that even Mastodon, which people heralded as a complete alternative to Twitter... And people were really excited about it. What, but once they got in, including me, I was like, this doesn't, this doesn't feel organic. This feels really structured. I don't like it. And I, therefore, I just kind of fell off and started using Twitter again. I can't use Twitter again because I'm banned. So now I just use, I basically just use Noster. And we have one, uh, another thing here in, wait a minute, hold on. I uh, uh, want to make sure I don't reread that one. Um, I've got this one from G Sovereignty. <clears throat> this is a guy on Noster, of course. This is one of his posts. And again, the post link will be in the show notes. Explaining Noster to, to traditional folks. Noster has no team, no leadership, no funding, no foundation, no token, no blockchain, and no one has ever seen the creator of the project. And yet, It's the fastest growing network of humans the world has ever seen. It's simply an idea, some very simple words written in a markdown document. It can't be stopped. It can't be controlled. It can't be owned. There were less than 50 people using it when I first started dabbling about a year ago. I had solid reasons for believing it would work, and that turned out to be right. Today, there are around a million people using it. It's open and permissionless, so don't trust me. Go and verify these numbers yourself. Look at everyone's data and see for yourself they are real living humans interacting with other real living humans. See the economic activity for yourself as you witness money moving through this human network. There's no indication that this is going to slow down and every indication that it's already started eating all other forms of the social graph. Traditional social graphs like Facebook, Twitter, Spotify, Uber, TikTok, Telegram, etc. cannot leverage off of each other's network effects because their business models prevent them from being able to share data and users. They believe this is a feature that protects their feudal estate from all the other feudal estates. Noster is the opposite. When you build something with Noster, the network effects of what you build are multiplied by the network effects of what I build. And there are currently about 20,000 developers building all kinds of crazy things. It's like a super app that anyone can build on without asking permission. If you're a half-decent developer and you've got an idea to test out in the market, building anywhere else is a total waste of time, unless the idea is very, very specific. The chicken and egg problem is solved because the users and data is already there for use. I could never go back to the old way of doing things. It would be soul-crushingly frustrating after building with Noster. At the core of Noster is a very bright and hopeful view of the future. We as a species are approaching a variety of non-trivial challenges. The institutions we used to rely on for sense-making and problem-solving at this scale are in liquidation. There's no hope for them. It's over. There is no coming back. Noster is the rallying point for people who are completely unfazed by this, is for people who believe in the human spirit and understand that we have all the tools that we need to handle whatever challenges come at us. And if we need new tools, we'll figure it out and build them. All right. So that's, that's the post. And I haven't, I haven't really talked about Noster in in a few weeks. I think the last time I talked about Noster and in any kind of depth was before my vacation, which by the way, has apparently crippled my listener count. I'm down to like, lower than half of what I was used to getting every time I released a show. Uh, If I'm doing this wrong, you guys need to tell me, right? So uh, did I do something? I mean, did I, was vacation just like the the 
the crusher for the Bitcoin and show. I don't know, but, uh, it, it, it helping get, you know, if you can help me get my listenership back up, that would be, uh, that would be, uh, uh, that would be definitely appreciated. Damn dog. Shut up. Now I need to look at something here. Give me a sec while I see if I can find what it is that I wrote. Uh, okay. Hold on. Here it is. I found it. Um, this is what I wrote yesterday. If you, you know, y'all probably missed, maybe you missed it. I'm not that all that popular on Noster. I don't know. I don't even know how many followers I have. Some people, some, uh, Dama says I've got like 1200, uh, primal says I've got 5,200. I, this is what's so cool. I don't know how many followers I have, but this is what I wrote yesterday. I got three more followers on Noster today, but that's not what's important. What's important is that I will never lose those followers by a choice made by a single individual or a small group of individuals. Building an audience on Noster is a risk-free endeavor. My audience is the only entity that can choose if they listen to me or not. No one else stands between me and them. This can only happen on something like Noster. It can't happen on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, WeChat, TikTok, LinkedIn, or anything else that's out there. I don't think we are grasping the true depth of this situation. I wrote the above, and I feel that I am unaware of just how deep this rabbit hole goes. All right. That's what I wrote. Because it's yesterday, somehow, I, I looked and saw that I had three new followers, but I realized that nobody can take those guys away from me except those three followers can make the choice as to whether they continue to listen to me. I can choose to block them or mute them if I wanted to. These are choices that I can make and the other party can make. There is no third party. And we've been so ingrained. We've been so taught that everything you do must be mitigated, must be translated, must be somehow or another converted between you and the end goal by some third party. That's why we don't understand the depth of this rabbit hole. We don't know what we have. We have no experience of what it's like to do a deal with another guy. If I want to order comfrey from Shishi over on Noster at Shishi 21M, that's S-H-I-S-H-I 21M. And he's that way on Twitter too. Go visit him on Twitter. Tell him, tell him that you want to buy comfrey from him. There's no middleman. Except that I told you about it, but I'm not acting as I'm not acting as the guy that's taking your money and then giving it to Shishi. You're giving your money to him directly via the Lightning Network because guess what? He takes Bitcoin for his comfrey. But I'm not standing in that way. I, I I can't block that transaction. I can't block the payment. I can't affect it in any way, shape, form, fashion, or another. But Elon Musk can. If that transaction was being done on Twitter, it wouldn't be allowed. You can't send she she money for directly in a note and say, "Hey, I'll, here's my shipping detail." Well, actually, don't put your shipping details in a note. Give him a DM or figure out some other way to make sure it's private. But the whole point is, is that he could just say, "Okay, I've got your information. Go ahead and zap my note ten thousand or you know twenty five thousand satoshis, and I'll I'll get your shipment on the way." That payment went through Noster. Nobody can stop it. You can even you can legislate against it in like let's say Turkey won't matter, it won't matter. It's it it's over. It's like like the the guy with the previous note said, it's there's no coming back from this. And still, you some people out there listening to my voice may be saying, I don't get it, man. I don't get it. You either get it now or you get it later, but I highly recommend that you get it through your fucking head right now what this actually means. You start investing the time in your mind. Take a walk. Just think about it. That's what I mean by spending time. Instead of, I don't know, worrying about whatever it is you got to worry about, take 50 minutes and think about what's possible between you and one other person on this planet as far as the transaction goes, that requires nobody in the middle to convert it, translate it, or facilitate it. Just you and one other person. 
spend 50 minutes sometime today, all in one block, take a, just take a walk and think about the ramifications of what that means. Even it, it and if you if, if you don't want to think about Noster, just think about like pre-industrial world, no electricity anywhere, not invented yet. What was it like? How many intermediaries were, existed between you and another person having a functional transaction with each other? What did it look like when you could? Just think about it, right? Think about it because we're in, we're, we're in a place that is a very special place. We've got uninterruptible money. We've got uninterruptible ideas. We have the potential for uninterruptible commerce and we can cut a whole bunch of people that don't really do anything other than make our lives fucking miserable out of the goddamn transaction altogether. What would that look like in mass? Make it happen. That's going to do it for the morning roundup. Dad says, jokes. My boss said he was going to fire the employees with the worst posture. I have a hunch it's going to be me. Yeah, like I said, listenership for the Bitcoin and show kind of fell off a cliff. And I'm not exactly sure what happened. Um, So if you guys would do me a favor, help me out. Uh, went like, you know, retweet or retweet, renote on Noster, you know, the show announcement, uh, say good things about me. Say, tell your, tell your fa- friends and family about me. Five-star reviews on Apple podcast. Uh, they, they help, they help a lot, but what really helps is streaming me Satoshis and giving me boostograms and sending me, sending me questions you know, to answer live on air through those boostograms. If I can answer them, I, I will. I, I really will. I promise you I'll give it, at least I'll give it a shot. Worst case scenario is I just tell you, I, I don't know, man, because I'm not going to, if I'm not going to try to answer something that I just don't know anything about. But um, that kind of interaction, I've been missing that a lot. I really have. I You know, like before vacation, I used to get all kinds of stuff. Like in today, I got like, like four boostograms. I don't care that they're small boostograms. I just like a lot of boostograms. I like, I, I like showcasing the other people that are out there. That's why the circle P exists, by the way, go by Comfrey from Shishi. That's at Shishi 21 M get Bocking 14 and Bocking four. Tell him that the circle P from Bitcoin and sent you, and he'll give me a little bit of cut of the proceeds. But yeah, if you guys can help me get my listenership back up to uh, pre-vacation, uh, that would be appreciated. And I get the feeling that that means that I'm never going to be able to take a vacation again in my life. But hey, I do it because I love it. And I'll see you on the other side. This has been Bitcoin And, and I'm your host, David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you again real soon. Have a great day. <laughs>